Hi, Joel. Loving the Be a Brilliant Human podcast. You uh, you choose some great topics. You give amazing insights, advice, guidance, tips, and you do it all with such great humour and humanity that you make it totally okay to be a complete fuck up. <laughs> Thank you very much and keep going. Can't wait for the next hundred. Take care. Bye. Welcome to the Be a Brilliant Human podcast. You're in the right place if you're a growth-seeking being who acknowledges the challenges and delights of your humanity on the path to an ever more conscious life. If you want to feel inspired to love and accept yourself, to feel free to be and express you in all your brilliance, if you want to truly value yourself and others and feel energized and alive both at home and in the world, then sit back and take a breath as you explore and grow the brilliance of your beautiful human self with your host, the father of non-personal awareness and creator of the MPA process, Joel Young. Hello, 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 and woohoo! It is the 100th episode. I've been talking about this for a while. I'm super excited. I just... I can't believe we're at episode 100 already. So today I am just celebrating. I am being a little bit self-indulgent, I guess. But I'm looking at what are the top 10. I'm going to be doing pop pickers style top 10 for you. And I've based it on um, on listens and downloads across the various platforms, including YouTube. Uh, done my tally, figured out what are those top 10. I'm going to give you an honourable mention from uh, one of our listeners and one of my own, and I'm going to give you some clips. I'm not going to give you clips of every single one. I'll walk you through them. Um, But before we get into the top 10, thank you so much for being here. Um, If you're brand new, it's an interesting one to start with. (laughs) It'll certainly give you a flavour um of what this show is about but uh, if you've been around either for the whole time if that's the case wow uh, that's that's so fantastic or even for part of it um i so appreciate your listens you know i do if you listen regularly i i, I love that i get to spend this time in your ears um every week and uh, and by the way yes the intro thanks to helen lord for that who actually left a voice message you lot seem a little bit shy about leaving the voice messages. Maybe it's because I put them on the show. I don't know. <laughs> but that was a lovely message to receive. Plus, I've had several emails from uh, from different people um, saying, you know, congratulations on the 100. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, you can hear, I'm like, oh, what do I say? It's the 100th episode. <laughs> so the tally's in. For me, there's a few surprises in there. Um, you never really know what's going to take off. I'm not someone who really watches the metrics uh, from week to week. I kind of put it out there and let it do its thing. So it's quite an interesting exercise going through all of that today, and uh, I'm figuring out what were those what were those top ten. So I think because there are ten of them to get through, I think right now together we should go in and celebrate. Pop pickers, get ready for the countdown. Here we go. So kicking us off at number 10, we go all the way back to episode five, which was making the decision to let go, how to connect with your inner decision maker. Gosh, this is going back a long way, but there was a few. In fact, there's one even earlier that was going to make the top 10. Find out what that one is soon. 
Um, but this was an interesting episode uh, because it was one of the early ones where I started to really introduce you to the relational approach that comes from MPA non-personal awareness and the the sort of trick of using personification because in that episode I talk about you know often often the decision we sort of there's a lot of decision pressure around sort of forcing ourselves to make a decision especially when it comes to letting go but um, what I offer in episode uh, number five is a kind of a framework which invites you to sort of do more of a personification rather than thinking about making a decision you're connecting with your inner decision making maker and kind of spending time with them because again in the relational model that i often talk about you know it's about through that relational shift through the connection even with our inner parts that things become a lot more fluid and a lot more easy so it's an early one but i do think it's it's a great one to listen to so as ever what i'm going to do actually i didn't say this in the sort of earlier part but i will uh, put a list i'll put a simple linked list in the show notes which will be of course www.beabrahamhuman.com slash 100 and um and i'll also put sort of a, a more detailed list with all the sort of uh, the pictures for all the episodes so you've got them all to hand you will be able to see what they are and link through to listen so any of these spark your interest you know go and check them out and uh, in it number 10 episode 5 making the decision to let go highly recommend that episode next up at number 9 pop pickers <laughs> we jump forward to episode number 45 which is conquering the fear of speaking out uh, transcending the culture of condemnation now i'm actually really glad this one made it this is a a pet topic for me if you like i mean one of the key things about conquering the fear of speaking out or particularly the second part of that which is transcending the culture of condemnation again if you listen to a lot of the shows you know that i i talk a lot about boundaries i talk a lot about uh, well even just in the recent episodes last episode i was talking about my new program bulletproof which you want if you want to check out by the way go to www.thempaacademy.com bulletproof which is about manipulation and the culture of condemnation well the product is about how to become bulletproof to manipulation more specifically um, because manipulation is rife and condemnation is kind of a societal thing that keeps us from speaking up and expressing our true feelings and so in this episode i talk about where that comes from if you think you know there's sort of historic uh, stories that we tell that that kind of uh, reinforce the idea that if you speak up bad shit's gonna happen for example, Jesus getting crucified by the Romans or the Jews. You know, it's like <laughs> he had his say and bad stuff happened. <laughs> and there, and I talk about the, there's lots of modern examples of where that, that kind of thing still goes on. Um, but when you do break through, and I, I offer there's the messy way, um, but there's a more step-by-step -step approach, which I lay out in the episode when you begin to get through it you start to it's one of the ways that you can step into you when you overcome the fear of speaking out as you speak out and it's not just about you know public speaking or um or or kind of it, it's about 
in any group situation where you feel like you're slightly afraid just to be you this is an episode that will help you kind of get a sense of of how you you know what's going on inside and how you can overcome it and offers you a really good framework for uh, stepping into that so i love that that topic came in at number nine which brings us to number eight now number eight the episode that comes in at number eight is episode 48 which is <laughs> this one did make me laugh it was a surprise um but it's what i learned from taking lsd <laughs> and the bracketed thing for that is these insights could set you free now this one absolutely tickled me that it came in uh a healthy number eight on the top 100 charts and it's you know if you're curious about my wild youth as a you know in a band touring and doing all sorts of crazy stuff taking drugs was part of it and i talk about it but i also tie that together with how well i give you if you're curious about the background of hallucinogenics in general how in more recent years kind of in the 60s and 70s they were linked to consciousness and lsd in particular was was explored extensively as a as a means under controlled conditions to help you access a greater consciousness which by the way has been confirmed by the daily mail i believe <laughs> reported some science that's shown that that's there's there's valid science finally after all these years to that but also i share some of my experiences of of having lsd and how they literally opened my mind and i would argue that in spite of the fact that at the time it just was a crazy idea um, really opened my mind to the 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 possibility of things not being what they seemed and to illustrate that let's have a clip from episode 48 what i learned from taking lsd and um, on that occasion that was i think where I really got to experience the hallucinogenic side of things because literally I was experiencing the form around me melting. It was an experience like seeing portals opening all over the place. Um, and one of the things that is often reported about um, LSD is it sort of heightens the imagination or the creative aspect. Um, but certainly the experience of of seeing walls melting and and the the form that I you know I trusted my eyes <laughs> to translate reality and believed in it. This is one of the big lessons I learned really. But the fact that everything was was seemed so fluid left a massive impression on me. So as I said, there will be a link list to all of these. But just in case you know, this is an audio program after all. You can always find whatever episode I say. If you just go to www.beabrillianthuman.com slash, then use the number of the episode. So in at number 10 was five. At number nine was episode 45. At number eight was episode 48. So just after the slash, put that number and you can go to any of these episodes or go to today's show note, which is would just be slash 100 show note, show notes, um, and find the linked list there. So that brings us to number seven. At number seven is one I highly approve of. It's a super practical episode. Episode number 27, which was the unconditional pivot exercise. How to feel good in crappy situations, which includes a mini training. And this is like a free workshop. So this was recorded around the time of my birthday that year. What would it be? I guess uh, 
2020. So yeah, it was like the beginning of lockdown. <laughs> I think about it. And I think that was the idea. It was the beginning of crazy lockdown when none of us were used to it, like we have been and what the hell's going on. Who knew we'd be here and whatever it is. Uh, 2021, nearing the end of. <laughs> Still in the craziness, but at the time, I thought it would be a really useful tool to share. Um, it was based on an Abraham Hicks exercise called the Pivot Exercise. Um, if you haven't come across Abraham Hicks, then just Google them, go to YouTube. Uh, they're the secret behind the secret, and I talk a bit more about them in episode number 27. But I wanted to give that exercise my spin because uh, one of the ways that, that, that I often use to embrace the humanity of us, because there were so many exercises and and sort of processes within the personal development and spirituality realm which seem to divorce themselves from humanity and expect you to make leaps which are either impossible overly idealistic or just frankly unsustainable so i introduced more of a step-by-step -step, how do you meet yourself where you are and gradually step into a space it is an exercise which helps you in a sense, cut out the middleman and, and take away the idea that we have to wait for the circumstances to be perfect before we get to feel really, really good. I'm going to play you a clip from this one, which is a clip that really gives you a sense of, of when's a good time to use it. So let's have a listen to that. This is in at number seven, episode 27, the unconditional pivot exercise. So when can you use it? Well, it's great any time that you catch yourself blaming someone else or some outside situation for you feeling crap. <laughs> there you are, it's conditional. Or well, maybe perhaps a softer way to say that is, you know, if you're making your happiness conditional on the circumstances changing, then this is a great time to sort of pull out this exercise and use it. For example, you know, if you want someone to behave differently than they are, so maybe you want your husband to be more communicative and he's just not playing ball, at least not on your timeline. So maybe you're feeling frustrated, uh, angry and unloved, and you're telling yourself in some way, I'll feel okay when he sorts his shit out or something, or, or perhaps if only he was more communicative, I'd stop being so angry all the time. So again, what you're doing there is you're making your happiness, peace and well-being conditional on his behavior, over which you ultimately have no control, no matter how much you metaphorically beat him over the head, do the push-pull, the punishment, all the rest of it. You ultimately have no control over his behavior. So you're basically denying yourself your well-being. So this exercise will help you sort of to really cut out the middleman, to go direct to the source and let yourself experience, you know, the happiness that you want right now. Or maybe it's a situation. You want a situation to be different than it is. So there's probably a lot of that going on right now with all, you know, the situational fallout from the coronavirus. You know, whatever it is, I'm worried, fearful, angry, sad, feel unsafe because, you know, and pick whatever the situation is. So maybe it's, you know, I'll feel better when it changes and gets back to normal or I'm worried about keeping my job and I'm angry because the stock market tanked. I'm sad because my plans were cancelled. I feel unsafe because people are still ignoring the government's instructions. All of those statements, these are all sort of placing restraints and conditions on your well-being. And ultimately, these situations are beyond your control. Now, if you think about it, what you really want is a change of state to feel better in some way. And we put that on the conditions, but the, the answer isn't really in the conditions. In fact, that's the trap. The answer is right here in you and fully available now. And 
And this exercise that we're doing today will get you there. So episode 27, go check it out. And by the way, uh, this is one of the episodes where when you visit the show notes, again, that'll be www.beabringhuman.com slash 27. Uh, you can hit a button there and I get I can send you the sheet, the whole process laid out for you in an easy to follow way. Uh, you just need to give me your email where to send it to, all that kind of good stuff. The usual thing, if you want to get hold of a copy, go to the show notes and you can grab that for free. Which brings us to episode number six. We're getting almost halfway there. Uh, episode number six, I said there'd be an early one, is episode number one in place number six, which is my commitment to imperfection, a rough and ready welcome. <laughs> well, getting number one in the top in the top ten of the first hundred episodes, I was like, how the hell did that one get in? Because it's it was such a funny circumstance to actually start doing this podcast. I guess in part it could be skewed by the fact that lots of people may sort of find this podcast randomly and start by listening to episode number one. That could be one reason. But it is kind of fun. And in case you don't know the story of, of that episode, um, I'd wanted to do a podcast for years. I talked about it and hadn't actually done it. And I went to a one-day uh, one online workshop with my now great friend James Lavers and teaching me how to do podcasts. He said, like, how to get this podcast going in one day. And his, he showed me how to set things up on Anchor, which is, you know, what I, the platform I go through to put these podcasts out, uh, walked through it and said, right, I challenge you at lunchtime. Uh, to switch the microphone on, record it, get it up and get it going. And that's exactly what I did. It was like the 8th of October, <laughs> 2019. And I just winged it. I did about, I don't know, I think that episode's about between 12 and 15 minutes of just saying, well, I realize perfection has stopped me. This is me being committed to imperfection. I'm just going to do it, open my mouth, tell you what it's all about. Um... And then I've been doing it every week ever since. <laughs> so it kind of tickles me that number one, episode number one, gets into the number six of the top 100. Fantastic. So if you haven't heard that and want to hear me like when I had no idea what I was doing, uh, that's the one to go to. Which brings us to number five. Um, in at number five is episode 53. Now, episode 53 is five blocks to life transformation and how to avoid them. And this is part four, reasons why not. Part four, because it was part four of a five episode, I guess, series about blocks to life transformation. But it seemed that the reasons why not, I will say some of the other in that series were pretty close uh, to making the mark. So I think it was a popular series, but the reasons why not seem to ring the bells for the people. <laughs> I think it's a big topic. I think so many people who find have a hard time putting action to things can resonate with reasons why not. Um, I break it down and right at the beginning of the episode, um, as I do occasionally, I hit you in, in the face with the down and dirty on uh, the bottom line with reasons why not. Have a listen to this. I'm going to give it to you right at the beginning. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with it, okay? Here's the thing. Normally it comes in some form of I can't because. 
So you want to make this transformation. You want to change the habit. You want to you want to improve your life in some way. You want to change your diet. You want to get fit. You want to get um, you want to stop some unhealthy habit. Um, but I can't because here's what I want you to do. I want you to consider that everything that comes after that, or those three words, is bullshit. Yep, I said it. It's bullshit. It's your excuse. It's your story. And I know it's kind of on PC and we should be touchy-feely about these things, and I can be, but for the most part, I'd say everything that follows those sentences, there's a few rare cases where there's genuine reasons, but for the most part, when it comes to making a shift or a change, a positive change that you specifically long to or want to or long for, anything that follows those three words is a bullshit story. Now, the interesting thing about that is you kind of have two choices of what you do with that. Well, first of all, you've got to admit it to yourself <laughs> or at least question it. I'd say one thing is you can do is question. You've got to question the story that comes after those three words or you have to just really own it. You have to make an empowered choice about it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down. I've kind of gone into, well, there's a sort of about five different categories of bullshit <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to this. So I'm going to go through them and talk about it in terms of, you know, good ways to question that particular flavor of it um, and then how you might make an empowered choice. Now, on the topic of making an empowered choice. All right, so we're in the top five, and uh, I'll tell you, in the top four, there are two episodes which look at boundaries, which I find, uh, in a way, not a massive surprise. In a way, it's kind of validating. Um, a couple of these episodes I launched around the time when I first did Boundary Boot Camp, uh, which, again, you can find out about if you go to www.thenpaacademy.com slash boundary hyphen bootcamp. Have a look at that program. It's a four week program, uh, which is completely comprehensive uh, as a way to help you go from from basically having rubbish boundaries to having really, really good boundaries. And at number four is episode 46, which is how to identify a boundary issue and what to do about it. Now, I did this one especially because I found that a lot of people who don't have boundary issues or have boundary issues don't realize that they have boundary issues. Everything's just a bit crappy. And so what I did is I went through a list of all the red flags that would give you an indication that you may have boundary issues because boundary issues can become really chronic. And the thing about chronic issues or chronic pain of any kind is you kind of get used to it. You normalize it, but it doesn't have to be that way. Now, if you well, you can go and listen to that episode, but I also did a this is another one of those episodes where you can get a free download. I did a, a red flags. I think I called it a the boundaries red flag cheat sheet. So if you again go to the show notes, bebrillianhuman.com slash 46 for this episode, you can uh, download the cheat sheet, which is a, a quick way to get access to that, or just go through that episode um, as I go through it in more detail than the sheet has. But it's a good way to get a sense of whether you've got boundary issues. Now, that gets us to the top three. Dun, dun, dun. Somewhere in my head, I've definitely got... Uh, <laughs> 
growing up listening to Radio 1 with the do, 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 do. Oh my God, that's all about tune. How does it go? Do, 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 do. There we are. <laughs> if you're young, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right. So number three. And number three is episode 21. And this is an episode that's very, very dear to my heart. It's the anatomy of the soul's dark night. How to recognize it and navigate the dark night of the soul. So I think it's a fairly misunderstood, I guess, what would I call it? An experience that is, you know, I think it's experienced by most humans at some point in their life. They'll hit a dark night of the soul. Certainly, if you're on any kind of growth path, you're sort of inviting it a bit. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> and um, but I think it's one of those things because it's misunderstood. I wanted to give a framework to help understand it. Now, I did come on the back and I acknowledged in the show the back of a colleague of mine who, who had some ideas about the different phases. I kind of checked it against my own experience and, and sort of came up with a a sort of slightly adjusted version to share with you, uh, but one of the source of that. And it's basically got six phases within the dark night. And what I wanted to do is, is I found that it's one thing to understand it, but I also wanted to sort of offer my advice from my own experience of going through dark nights of the soul. And obviously with the many clients that I've experienced and people that I've worked with at events and in different ways, um, I've seen a lot of dark night of the soul action and wanted to really offer some support. And clearly the fact that it's number three on this list suggests that it, it sort of touches people in some way. I mean, all of these, the fact that boundaries are strong um, in the top four sort of tells me something. But I thought as part of the celebration, um, I would share with you probably the, the darkest phase of the dark night of the soul, which is the void. So here's what I share on that episode, on episode 21, about the void. Okay, so after the fall, you come into the void. And the void really is that part that we mostly identify with the dark night of the soul, because it is that, um, that's the deepest, darkest part of, of the whole process. Um, and the thing about the void that I find really fascinating is there comes a point where you realize there literally is nothing you can do. You are in the deepest darkness. Um, I mean, it, it can be sort of signified by, you know, a loss of hope and trust or a sense of disillusionment. Um, in, in a way, it's a time where, you know, at a personality level, uh, you're sort of choicelessly experiencing the deepest pain or the shadow. And again, it can come with feelings of shame or unworthiness, hatred even, which can be directed both inward and outward. All of these things can surface. But one of the things that I think is a real indicator that this is not just a, you know, a particularly gnarly piece of process work you're going through, but a dark night, is that no matter what technique or approach you throw at it, any attempt to fix it will fail. And there's a reason for this, because the whole point of, of the dark night is it's experiential. The soul wants you to experience this shadow, this darkness. Um, so it is a time of pure experience, and really living through it is the only option. So my advice here is, is to give yourself full permission to be in it. You know, experience is the point of this phase. 
I mean, you're literally living the stuff out of you. That's what's happening in this place. So all that reframing, processing, digging, and all that kind of thing, it can actually add suffering to the equation here. Um, I mean, it is really helpful to, to get some support from someone who can remind you just to be. I think that's one of the most helpful things when you're in the void, is to have someone around who, who can just remind you, you know, you, 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 the point here is not to try and fix it, not to try and make it better. It's just to be with it, to live it, to experience it. Um, and a lot of times in my practice, my job is to do that, to remind people just to, to stop and be rather than sort of, you know, charging it up with with analysis and process work. So in in the void, again, I want to really labor this point. It's about the experience of it. It is, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of death. It is the valley of death for you, whatever that looks like um, in this phase of your soul growth. And it's a real challenge because I know a lot of the time there's a lot of pressure, especially in the personal development, spirituality, um, circus if you like to, to try and fix things you know if you've got some some crap coming up then you need to do a process to fix it well there's a good time there's there's really good times for that where that's appropriate but if you recognize that you're really in this dark night then just drop those things let it all go just let yourself experience the nature the flavor the horror even of this that you're experiencing and it's through going through that tunnel that you you come out on the other side um, with with the gift of what it is. So one of the other things I love about episode 21 and The Dark Night of the Soul is that often one of the tricky things about The Dark Night of the Soul is when you're around somebody else who's going through it. So if you've got that experience, that is a great episode to go and check out because it also gives you some advice or certainly some understanding uh, you know, on how you can best support someone if they're going through that period in their life. So as ever, that'll be www.beabrinhuman.com slash 21. You get the picture. Which brings us to the top two. Well, I did say to you there were two boundary-related episodes in the top four. Well, at number two, it's episode 43, Healthy versus Unhealthy Boundaries. How to tell the difference and spot the myths. So this was around the same time. So again, clearly this topic is... Um, you know, is something that people are exploring, something people need to know about. And again, I include this one in particular because it's it's there are so many myths. <laughs> there are really so many myths about, you know, uh, what makes a good boundary, what makes a bad boundary. One of the things I say at the beginning of Boundary Bootcamp is I'm not going to tell you what your boundary should be. If you're a good person, you should have these boundaries. If you're a successful person, you should have these boundaries. And you certainly shouldn't have those boundaries. But what I do do is, you know, and in this episode, one of the key things is make that distinction between what's healthy and what's an unhealthy boundary. Um, and the clip I'm going to play you from this episode um, really is is something where I, where I kind of underline, you know, what is what is the basis of that? What is the basis of what makes a boundary? You know, what is a boundary actually what's it really about at least according to me so have a listen to this boundaries really are about freedom freedom in all directions people are free to do what they want to do you're free to do what you want to do or what feels good is another way to say that 
And when you're in resistance, you're really not free. The idea is that if, if I resist to the person what they want, then that makes me free. But then you're always in, in connection to or at consequence to another. So you're all, in a way, you're caging yourself. You're inside that fortress wall and as unable to get out as you've made it for other people to get in. So this can be a big issue in intimate relationships if you've got walls put in place. It's very difficult to allow someone close to you. So I'm going to underline this, ladle it on with a trowel. The key here is that boundaries are about you. They're all about you claiming things for what feels good to you and what doesn't feel good to you. Anytime you're going into some externalization around them, you're stepping into the realm of unhealthy boundaries, walls, resistances, and caging yourself. All right, all right, pop pickers. <laughs> We're at the big reveal. What is the top downloaded, listened to, and viewed episode in the first 100 and this one did surprise me although again it kind of made me smile when i did all the maths and added up actually it got um a lot of you compared to my very small channel on youtube it got a lot of youtube views um which definitely bumped it over the edge and this is well it's episode 70 the big reveal living a life on purpose this was a guest podcast i was actually being interviewed by my great friend vicky helm on her show the coffee break show and as i often do if i feel like i've had a good interview on someone else's show sometimes i'll do it as a guest podcast i've done it several times in the last 100 and kind of share it with you guys um now vicky and i go back so many years we first we used to teach together um sort of a six level awakening program back in 2000 2001 um and uh, she's gone on to do all her wonderful stuff and i've gone to do mine and we connected oh we stayed in touch but she was like oh joel you've got to come on the show and talk about uh you know being a brilliant human and all the stuff you do and I'm going to play you a clip from this show. And I think it's in some sense, it's, it's perfect as a celebration for, you know, our hundredth episode here, because, you know, she asked me about, she, she clocked something I'd said, I think, which was about chasing enlightenment or people tend to chase enlightenment, but instead be a brilliant human. And she kind of asked me what that was all about. So in my answer to her question, it kind of gives an essence of, you know, the intentionality behind this show, why I'm still doing it 100 episodes in. Um, it's a great interview anyway. If you want to see, you know, me relaxed, hanging out with an old mate of mine, <laughs> then that's the one to listen to. It's episode 70. And um, just have a listen to this little bit of the conversation. You, you said stop. Stop chasing enlightenment. And start being a brilliant human being. Let's let's talk about that. Okay. Well, yeah, I think I'm going to start with the world feels crazy. And I think that's just a reflection of a process that we're going through in kind of um, in our human consciousness. And part, I think, of, of why I'm here now in all of this is because I've been through that sort of spiritual awakening journey. You and I were teaching awakening stuff back in, what was it, 2000, 2001. 
Yeah, um, you know, and a lot of the things that I've done and people I've worked with have focused on enlightenment as some kind of I call it like the the enlightenment Olympics. It's like you yeah. get your badge if you get there, and and I kind of you know I got my gold medal. <laughs> you know, sat in a cave, for a pashmina. You know, I, I mm -hmm. you know and and did satsang and all that stuff. But what I I found is that like everything else, it comes and it goes. Mm -hmm. And what we're left with is the human, just the, just the human reality, the coal face reality of um, of living in a world which is full of madness and wonder and joy. And I think so my focus and, and the podcast, which is called Be a Brilliant Human, came out of that. How can I help people just to embrace their humanity, especially yes. those people who are on that kind of path of wanting to be more aware, more conscious, uh, especially people who serve other people in that realm, because I found working of obviously that's been the realm I've worked in for 25, 30 years, um, that, that a lot of the medicine, <clears throat> excuse me, becomes the poison when when all of that judgment or that goal oriented stuff comes in and you don't allow yourself the humanity and and the deliciousness of humanity. You know, if <clears throat> if you want to be super healthy and you know super yoga or whatever if that's your genuine passion then there's going to be no ripples in it but if you're trying to be super healthy and super yoga or whatever the thing is and there's resistance in it then you're trying to be something that you think you're supposed to be and that i think is most of the problems that we have in in our personal lives is trying yes. to be something that we think we're supposed to be rather yes. than just being ourselves and in the in the sort of spiritual and personal development world you know there's so much good in it but a lot of what i see is the the problem is that we do that we we think we're supposed to be something and the idea of being my authentic self gets pigeonholed as kind of this i am myself the vastness the boundlessness which yeah that's a that's a lovely piece of you but who you are when you're doing the dishes probably isn't that or who you are when you have to go and do the nine to five probably isn't that person these are the human parts of you and and if you can learn to operate in your humanity and in fact in the thing is to include your humanity yes. in that in that you know wider self then you get to play in the enlightenment you get to play in the you know the ego it's like so what it's an ego we've got one get over it and then and then i think we start to have a sense which is one of the key things for me is a sense of humor about it i mean this is a ridiculous experience to be having you know all this fleshy stuff and you know all the stuff that goes on it, it but but if you can kind of without dismissing it in any way but just laugh maybe not at it but with it laugh with the experience of it and i think that's what um i guess that's what i bring to the whole covid pandemic political i'll put yeah. that word in situation yeah. is it's like it's it's a pantomime it's and and the degree to which if you're like if you're a lobbyist or something then that's your passion great you you're in there and it all it really matters and you're passionate fine I'm I'm just some guy who helps people have better lives. So to me, it's a pantomime. <laughs> but I'm there with people for whatever. When you can connect, help connect someone to their passion, like in a in a like yes. a, 
in a real way, not a not a tick box way. Then all the lights go on, all the spanners in the work start to drop out. The grease goes in, things start to work. But mostly, again, coming back to it, it's like what what our issue is, I think, at its core, is is simply thinking it is something different than it is. And yes. being a brilliant human. Wait a minute. Go, go say that again. Did you hear what he just said? Thinking. So there you go. That's the top 10 in the first 100 episodes. As I say, just go to today's show notes, www.beerinhuman.com slash 100 for the full list. And uh, before we wind this up, I want to do a couple of honorable mentions. Um, first up, a listener mention. I got a lovely email from Ros Cathro uh, down in Australia who said a sincere thank you for all your wonderful podcasts. I've listened to them all and always take something special away. I have many favourites, but I'm going to vote for the classic drum roll, she says. Episode 82. Much, much gratitude, Ros. Well, what's episode 82, I hear you ask? It's how to stop feeling invalidated. I think that's a top episode. One of the things um, that Roz had mentioned to me in our little conversation was that she liked the whole topic of word magic. Uh, Roz and I have worked together and, and word magic is something that both of us really appreciate. Um, if you go to the episode, again, bibliohuman.com slash 82, uh if you just want to if you're just curious like word magic what's he talking about then go to about about 15 minutes in where i talk about word magic otherwise i think it's a really important topic um again going back to what i've been talking about recently with bulletproof and about manipulation i think um invalidation is one of those ways that often societally we get um sort of brow browbeaten um, and we feel invalidating situations. This will, as ever, give you the tools, tips, and ideas on how you can overcome that and come back into your own strength. And I had to have my own mention. <laughs> it's, it's my show. Well, it's our show, but it's my show. Uh, <laughs> so my honorable mention, I wanted to pick something which I thought was either a missed or perhaps an underrated episode. It didn't make the top 10 um it was kind of middling in the area but i think it's such an important topic i wanted to highlight it in today's show and that is episode 60 which is embracing polarity how your pet peeves can become your superpowers again it seems to be a theme on my mind right now but the polarized society we live in where um so much of the the sort of uh, the spin language is designed to polarize us, divide us. It's part of the bigger picture of manipulation. And by the way, if you're affected by manipulation, go now. Check out Bulletproof. www.thempaacademy.com slash Bulletproof. Check it out. It will give you, walk you through the seven manipulation tactics, what you need to know, how to understand what they're really up to and how to counter them. It's all there in that program. Um, but episode 60 talks about embracing polarity because uh, the device of being polarized is used societally and it's used within ourselves to kind of create these splits, these chasms. And one of the things about that is when you discover when you've got kind of an innate polarity inside of you, you can 
you can turn it around. You can take it from something which kind of just erodes you and destroys you into something which becomes your superpower. I love that episode. I think it's highly valuable. If you haven't listened to that already, go and check it out. It's episode 60. There you go. That's the honorable mentions. That's the countdown. Um, I think what remains to say is, well, we've done 100 episodes. What now? I'm, I've am i been calling it season one since day one. I think 100 marks the time where we go from season one to season two. So folks, at 100, episode 101 will be the beginning of season two. And on that note, I think it's important, um, well, it feels right to me to take a little break and just take a couple of weeks off in which I'm going to kind of really think about what I want to do in season two. Now, I have been saying to you guys, if you want to be part of that conversation, let me know, reach out. Um, I certainly have some thoughts about it. Uh, after a couple of weeks, I know I took a couple of weeks off recently, but that was more to do with the fact that I needed a holiday and then I had some family stuff come up. Uh, generally, it will be every week. Uh, but I want to think about and plan what is going to be the flavor of the new season, season two, and then we will dive into it. So thanks so much for being here through these 100 episodes. I always appreciate your presence. Um, big hugs to you all. I'll see you in a couple of weeks in season two. And all that remains is to cue the moo. Mm-hmm.